The following podcast contains audio extracted from videos on the Harry Potter Theory YouTube channel. Hey everyone, welcome to another installment of Harry Potter Theory. Today we'll be discussing the many reasons why Albus Percival Wolfric Brian Dumbledore, famed headmaster of Hogwarts and former Gryffindor student, may have been more well suited to Slytherin House. As fans, soon after Harry Potter received his letter of acceptance and we were first introduced to Hogwarts School of Witchcraft and Wizardry, we also learned about the magical institution's four founding members and how they decided that the student population would always be divided into four houses, which would represent the characteristics and traits most valued by each of those four founding members. As the majority of you watching this will already know, the four founding members of Hogwarts School were Godric Gryffindor, Helga Hufflepuff, Rowena Ravenclaw, and Salazar Slytherin, with the corresponding houses being named after each of their surnames. And while later installments of the series eventually focused on students from the houses of Hufflepuff and Ravenclaw, the beginning of Harry Potter certainly had a lot more emphasis on Gryffindor and Slytherin. What's more, there was a very obvious dichotomy presented between the two, with all of the protagonist characters aka the good guys being Gryffindors and all of the antagonists or bad guys being Slytherins. From Harry to the compassionate and friendly Weasley family who helped him find Platform 9 and 3 quarters and the world famous headmaster Albus Dumbledore, everyone who was presented as good and heroic in the first few years of Harry's time at Hogwarts was a current or former Gryffindor student. By contrast, each of the baddies that we met during Harry's first few years were all Slytherins including the bully Draco Malfoy, the cruel Professor Snape, and of course, the most evil wizard to have ever lived, Lord Voldemort. And who could forget what Hagrid told Harry before he entered his first year at Hogwarts? There's not a single witch or wizard who went bad who wasn't in Slytherin. You know who was one. As the series continues on and the wizarding world grows, however, adjustments were made that seemed to be trying to rectify this initial black and white world where all of the best witches and wizards were Gryffindors, and all of the most evil ones were Slytherins. For example, years after the final book was published, WizardingWorld.com revealed that the great and powerful wizard Merlin was once a Slytherin student, describing the many great accomplishments he achieved during his lifetime to support all of wizardkind, despite their blood purity or ancestry. Because, oh yeah, almost all Slytherins were previously described as being super prejudiced as well. So it would seem that Professor Albus Dumbledore who's initially presented as a mentor and hero to Harry, was most likely made to be a Gryffindor simply because it aligned with the universe's limited perspective of good versus evil at the time. After all, the Philosopher's Stone was a novel written for a rather young readership, considering the overall story, language, and age of the central character, Harry Potter. But as the novels progressed, the plotlines matured and the characters evolved, so did our perspective and understanding, of many of the witches and wizards presented throughout the series. Professor Snape, as it turned out, wasn't a two-dimensional, desperately evil Death Eater, and nor was Albus Dumbledore simply a wise, old wizarding hero who was Gryffindor through and through. In fact, as mentioned earlier on, some of Dumbledore's most prominent characteristics were actually incredibly Slytherin in nature, and of the top traits associated with that house, ambition, resourcefulness, and cunningness, Albus Dumbledore had them in spades, if not in his later years, certainly in his youth. This means that when he was sorted into his house at Hogwarts, he would have displayed immense ambition. After Dumbledore's death in Harry's sixth year at Hogwarts, 
we come to learn about a side of the headmaster that had previously been kept quite secret, at least from Harry. He was once terribly ambitious. In his youth, after Albus graduated from Hogwarts, he planned to travel the world, believing himself to be an incredibly brilliant and gifted young wizard, which shows he was also rather arrogant, another trait often associated with Slytherin. Tragically, before setting off on his world travels, Albus lost his mother and was left with the responsibility of caring for his unwell younger sister, Ariana. In a conversation filled with regret, Dumbledore shared with Harry that he greatly resented his responsibility as Ariana's guardian, feeling as though his talents were being wasted with such a task. This was also around the time that he met Gellert Grindelwald, who inflamed his hunger for greatness and power even more. The two formed a close relationship, bonding over the idea of uniting the fabled Deathly Hallows and using them to take over the wizarding world and subjugate Mugglekind. Yes, the widely celebrated and famously just Albus Dumbledore once wished to force humans into subservience. This of course also demonstrates Dumbledore's openness to prejudice in his youth, which as we discussed earlier, is another one of the values frequently associated with Slytherins. Fortunately, Dumbledore eventually moved away from this type of thinking, no longer hiding hateful and harmful ideologies behind obscure concepts such as the greater good. In fact, Albus even went so far as to carefully remove himself from positions of great power in order to help keep his propensity for ambition at bay. For example, in 1932, he turned down the opportunity to be the supreme mugwump, leader of the International Confederation of Wizards. He also turned down, on several occasions, the opportunity to become Minister for Magic. While catching up with Harry in Limbo in 1998, he explains that he turned the position down repeatedly for one main reason. He didn't trust himself with that much power. I, meanwhile, was offered the post of Minister for Magic, not once, but several times. Naturally, I refused. I had learned that I was not to be trusted with the power. But you'd have been better, much better than Fudge or Scrimger, burst out Harry. Would I? asked Dumbledore heavily. I'm not so sure. I had proven, as a very young man, that power was my weakness and my temptation. It is a curious thing, Harry, but perhaps those who are best suited to power are those who have never sought it. Those who, like you, have leadership thrust upon them, and take up the mantle because they must, and find to their own surprise that they wear it well. I was safer at Hogwarts. And it's for this reason that Dumbledore remained headmaster at Hogwarts for as long as he did. He simply didn't want to have access to any more power. This suggests that despite getting far better at suppressing his ambitions, Dumbledore continued to fear what he may do if given the opportunity for power. Dumbledore was also very resourceful. Despite keeping himself confined to the position of Hogwarts headmaster, Albus still managed to use who and what he had access to in order to accomplish the many plans he put into action over the years. He was a meticulous planner, which was evident by the end of the Harry Potter series when his six-year-long mentorship of Harry was revealed to have been motivated by Dumbledore's desire to set the boy who lived up to sacrifice himself and defeat Lord Voldemort. Albus also uses his own impending death, after touching the cursed heirloom ring of Marvolo Gaunt, to his advantage, arranging for Professor Snape to kill him, thereby saving Draco Malfoy from having to commit murder against his will and solidifying Snape's position with the Dark Lord as a loyal Death Eater, which of course he was not. In Harry's sixth year, Dumbledore also used him as bait to convince Horace Slughorn to return to Hogwarts as the potions professor 
so that he could eventually use Harry to get Slughorn to share what he told Tom Riddle about Horcruxes. And so, time and time again, Dumbledore used the people and things at his disposal to help him achieve his goals. Cold, calculating, and resourceful, which leads us to the fact that Dumbledore was also an incredibly cunning wizard. While some may argue that Professor Dumbledore's smarts align him more with other Ravenclaws, the way in which he utilized his brilliance was a masterclass in being cunning. Throughout the series, there are many examples of Dumbledore leveraging his skill, but one of the most notable ways in which Albus showcases his cunning is through his flawless manipulations of those around him. Of course, we primarily see this with Harry, with his ultimate manipulation being that he trained up the boy to be, how did Professor Snape put it? Ah yes, a pig for slaughter. But we also see this with others. For example, Dumbledore manipulates Newt's commander into being an unlikely hero during the uprising of Gellert Grindelwald. And on a much smaller scale, we also see Dumbledore's calculated manipulation in place during Harry's second year, when he hired Gilderoy Lockhart to be the newest professor of defense against the Dark Arts, knowing that Lockhart was a fraud and believing that this position would reveal him as such to the wizarding world. Of course, he could have just called him out, but that would have lacked Dumbledore's affinity for cleverness and intricate planning. While of course it goes without saying that almost every character in Harry Potter could be sorted into any number of houses, there does seem to be some particularly strong evidence suggesting that Dumbledore may have been a better fit for Slytherin rather than Gryffindor. Whether it was simply a plot decision made early on in the series, which then couldn't be altered, or the character of Dumbledore asking the Sorting Hat to place him in Gryffindor over Slytherin, as Harry did, remains to be seen. All I know is that Albus Dumbledore would have made a great, balanced addition to this otherwise rather narrowly defined house of Slytherin. But I also can't make a statement like that without next exploring what if Dumbledore was in Slytherin? Now, let me just kick this off by saying that Dumbledore being sorted into Slytherin instead of Gryffindor could potentially serve as the catalyst for an unfathomable number of changes in Wizarding World lore. For those unfamiliar, there is a concept from Chaos Theory called the Butterfly Effect that illustrates how a small change in one part of a system can lead to significant and unpredictable outcomes in another part of the system over time. The name Butterfly Effect comes from the idea the flapping of a butterfly's wings in one location could potentially set off a chain of events that eventually lead to something like the formation of a tornado in another location. In essence, it symbolizes the idea that seemingly insignificant actions can have far-reaching and amplified consequences. It's used to illustrate the idea that even the smallest changes can lead to outcomes that appear unrelated or disproportionate. So, as you can imagine, if such small things have this sort of power, a change as big as Dumbledore being sorted into Slytherin could theoretically result in an entirely different wizarding world altogether. But here's where it gets really interesting. I don't actually think much would have changed. I think Dumbledore would have very much remained Dumbledore. You see, despite being sorted into Gryffindor, Dumbledore was still quite Machiavellian, often pulling the puppet strings on others and allowing events to unfold in a way that he saw fit. He liked to control the narrative, but not for his own personal satisfaction. He exhibited many stereotypically Slytherin traits while remaining in Gryffindor, which tells me that Dumbledore was not overly influenced by his affiliation with one of the four Hogwarts houses. Dumbledore is also able to, on multiple occasions, recognize and subdue his desire for power, something which I feel sets him apart from some of the other Slytherins in the story. I think that his association with Grindelwald in his youth 
is a pretty good indication of what he might have been like in Slytherin. Very tempted, but ultimately able to avoid, straying down the path of darkness. Dumbledore was not a man who believed the past had any power over dictating the future. He was also quite outspoken about the fact that the lines are exceptionally blurred when it comes to the traditional good versus evil dichotomy. There are quite a few Dumbledore quotes in line with this messaging. Here are a few of them. It matters not what someone is born, but what they grow to be. This quote means that a person's true worth is not determined by where they come from or who their family is, but rather what kind of person they've become based on their growth and development. Here Dumbledore reminds us that just because someone comes from humble beginnings or faces obstacles in life, does not mean they cannot achieve great things through their own efforts and determination. While we may come from different places and speak in different tongues, our hearts beat as one. This quote emphasizes that while people may be from different backgrounds and have different cultures, they can still have a common bond through their shared humanity. Dumbledore is pointing out that despite our differences in language, geography, nationality, or blood status, we share the same basic emotions and experiences, and that should bring us together rather than separate us. Differences of habit and language are nothing at all if our aims are identical and our hearts are open. This quote suggests that despite our differences, we can still work towards the same goals as long as we share the same passion and kindness. Dumbledore is saying that superficial differences are insignificant in the face of a shared aim or desire, and that an open heart can help bridge any gaps and bring people closer together. But if you still aren't convinced, here are some more of the reasons for why I believe a Slytherin Dumbledore is effectively the same as a Gryffindor Dumbledore. Core Values Dumbledore's core values of love, compassion, and the pursuit of good were deeply ingrained within him, independent of his house affiliation. Throughout his life, Dumbledore consistently displayed these values, which played a critical role in shaping the wizarding world's future. I think that, regardless of his house, Dumbledore's personal agency would have driven him to make similar choices and take similar actions. For example, Dumbledore's decision to form the Order of the Phoenix and fight against Voldemort was driven by his commitment to protecting the innocent, preserving freedom, and upholding justice. These values remained unchanged and were not necessarily influenced by his house affiliation. House Stereotypes and Individuality While house affiliations in Hogwarts carry certain stereotypes, it's important to remember that these stereotypes do not define an individual's entire character. Each student possesses a unique combination of attributes that cannot be solely attributed to their house, Dumbledore, even in Slytherin, would have retained his own complexity and individuality. Dumbledore had a very strong character, and I'm not sure that would have changed in any scenario. Influence of Dumbledore's mentorship But now you might be wondering, wouldn't this have changed his dynamic with Harry? Well, I don't think that Dumbledore's house had anything to do with it. In truth, the impact of Dumbledore's guidance and mentorship always extended beyond his own house. As the headmaster, Dumbledore had the opportunity to shape the minds and values of students from all four houses. His mentorship empowered Harry to challenge evil, foster into house unity, and be a driving force in the war against Voldemort. While Dumbledore being sorted into Slytherin would have added an interesting layer to his character and potentially provided some unique perspectives, I just don't think things would have been as different as you might expect. Although, I could be very wrong on this, and that's why I want to hear from you guys. Do you agree? How do you think a Slytherin Dumbledore would have impacted the wizarding world? Leave a comment down below. And as always, if you enjoyed this video, don't forget to like it and subscribe to the channel. Also, be sure to check out the content on Spotify, 
as well as extra content on my second channel, Harry Potter Theory Extra. Until next time, remember, the world isn't split into good people and death eaters. We've all got both light and dark inside us. What matters is the part we choose to act on.